This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Today on CityCast Philly, it's the Friday News Roundup, Eagles edition. I'm joined by our sports contributor, John Barchard, and sports writer for the Philadelphia Tribune, OJ Spivey. It's Friday, February 10th, 2023. I'm Trine Nuri, and here's what Philly's talking about. John, OJ, welcome to the show. Hey, Trine, good to see you again. Thanks for having me, Trine. Glad to be here. Yes, guys, it feels like we were just here. Five years ago, in February of 2018, we all witnessed greatness. The Philadelphia Eagles defeated Tom Brady and those New England Patriots. Do you think that this year, this moment is the same or is it a little different when now that the Eagles are back in the Super Bowl? I I think there's a lot of similarities, but every year is different uh, because you have different players, even though we have a handful of holdovers uh, from 2018 from that Super Bowl. But I, I think it's just it's just an amazing run. Both both runs have been amazing, but different uh, in, their, in their own little way. I thought with 2017, even though they got off to a great start, you kind of felt the same type of confidence, uh, but you still wasn't sure uh, going against someone like yeah. the New England Patriots and Tom Brady and all the Super Bowls that he's won and everything. But this year, I feel just about as confident about a team in Philadelphia as I have in, in history. And, you know, and this is going way back to when I was a kid. This is really the first time I I felt very confident about a team since the 83 Sixers and the Dr. J and most Malone days. And it kind of has that type of vibe for me. Right. John, what about you? Trine, do you hear that? Most confident OJ's ever felt in his life. And that is so weird. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so true because I think I know what this is. This is post Super Bowl Philadelphia Eagles and we're right. still not quite sure how to act but we know we want it. You know, that's where I am at right now. I'm like I can't believe this is happening. I don't believe this is real even though you know, I I've, I've been yelling about Jalen Hurts for like 2 years now, but it's like it's in front mm-hmm. of us. It's it's it like and AJ Brown and DeVonte Smith even got way better <laughs> in the second year too. Like yeah. these yeah. guys are all young. They're they're like when we wake up after this, no matter what happens on Sunday, the Eagles have a top 10 pick and they'll probably they're either picking 31 or 32 along with that. They have young blood, a lot of money and no competition in the NFC. Um, I'm trying to like, you know, find that, but it's really hard to because I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but like 49ers players are still complaining about the NFC championship game today. So like, it's yep. just that was that game was nuts. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like to lose two quarterbacks, the other quarterback had a concussion. It was insane. Right. It was like, who wrote the script for this? Arian Foster. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. We're, we're talking scripts. Yeah. So that, that's been a popular thing, too, that 
the NFL scripted. But just to piggyback on John, um, this is kind of like a uh, a new era. And once we got to sit at the adult table from the kids table, finally getting a Super Bowl, it's just a different vibe. And, you know, sometimes you don't know how to think. But again, you have that confidence that you can not only win one, which we did five years ago, you can win again. And, you know, you, something that you can come to expect now, and especially the way uh, John explained how the team is positioned moving forward. John and uh, OJ, let's talk about just the overall season because this the season was after a while after we start winning a lot. It was like okay, we keep winning, and it's like that's what I got used to. So I know John, you and your team at Bell and the Birdman Podcast, y'all travel to every away game. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that experience. What were fans like in other stadiums? Like what 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 was that whole experience? Because you had that confidence. You know what I mean? Yeah, it it kind of just kept growing. So, I mean, um, thanks to our old friend Carson Wentz in Washington in week three. I think, you know, it's a very dominating oh, performance gosh, yes. and <laughs> nine sacks and whatever it was. And then it just kind of went up from there. I mean, they did have some odd games. They, they were in Arizona early in the season. Uh, a field goal gets shanked at the last second, and they end up winning it. They've had terrible luck down there, like as a franchise, too. So... I, once that started happening, all the fans, it just kind of became a party. And then, I, well, I'm going to say, unfortunately, because I don't really care about the Phillies as much as everybody else. Uh, but, you know, the <laughs> Phillies kind of like right when the Houston Texans came around, the World Series is there. And then it's just like, oh, wait, hold on, the Phillies. And and everybody kind of forgot about the, how good the Eagles were. And then Bryce Harper and everybody else, uh, unfortunately, lost the World Series and woke up and stole a lot of that energy. And then it's like, oh, yeah. What the Eagles are fourteen and three? Okay, I guess they're pretty good, you know. And it feels like everybody else was was kind of feeling that way towards the end. I don't know if OJ feels the same way, but like I really do think the Phillies sucked out the amazement of what's happening with the Eagles. Yeah, I, I agree for the most part, and it was it was it was kind of tough trying to toggle both the Phillies run and the Eagles starting off. Uh, undefeated and just saying, hey, you know, this may be a magical year for everyone. And, you know, even if you follow uh, the Philadelphia Union with their with their run uh, getting to the championship and, you know, it it was it was a fun year just trying to uh, follow all these teams. But um, but just going back to the Eagles and all, you know, we're we're just all in anticipation. We're confident. Um, Even some people might even be overconfident, which is okay because, again, you have to feel a certain a certain way to say, hey, you know, we have a good quarterback. We have a good nucleus of this team. And going forward, it's it's a lot to be uh, excited about, win or lose on Sunday. Awesome. Okay, so let's shift things and talk about just how significant this Super Bowl is um, with having two black starting quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. Um, But it's going to be interesting because aren't both of them still kind of recovering from injuries? throughout the last couple of games. Yeah, and especially uh, Patrick Mahomes. Says, I think somebody put it on ankle watch, or Peter Schrager, somebody from the NFL Network, and that's like a, <laughs> it's a huge, huge deal. It is, uh, yeah. you know, a, a ton of respect for, uh, you know, dragging himself through all that to go win an AFC championship game um, uh, to a point now where they're going to test it on Thursday and Friday, and if his ankle can't really go, they're going to start pulling plays out of the playbook, essentially. So it'd be a huge advantage right. to the Eagles' defense for sure. Um, I, the Jalen thing is kind of up and down in terms of uh, you can clearly tell he's 
still laboring from that. Uh, I think he took a couple of really good shots in the 49ers game. So um, I don't think his deep ball is as crisp as it should be just because his, his shoulder is still kind of like getting back to where it was in, in the beginning of the season form. So, I mean, I think it's pretty advantageous for the Eagles in terms of injuries just alone. Uh, the, the Chiefs are pretty banged up uh, skill position-wise. A lot of their wide receivers um, are banged up coming into uh, the week. One of their big ones is uh, going to be doubtful uh, for playing that. I believe that's Nicole Harmon, which is one of their uh, right. speedsters. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, um, OJ, I don't know how you feel, but – I, uh, the injury uh, to Patrick Mahomes alone is is a huge advantage uh, swing, but the, the speed, I, I, I guess, for the Chiefs is not as quick as it once was. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree, John. And as far I'm a little superstitious uh, when it comes to Mahomes' injury and everything, and I'm like, okay. Um, Why? <laughs> I know he's injured, but you know he's still able to make plays. I mean, he can literally you right. know throw a football behind his back. And it'll be a completion. Um, but you hope that, you know, the injury is significant enough to where he'll press a little bit. He'll make some mistakes. Uh, he'll be able to stay in a pocket a little more uh, where, you know, the the Eagles defensive line can just kind of uh, converge on him and just keep him contained. Um, I don't think there's a way that you can really stop him, even though even with an injured Mahomes, you just want to try and contain him and just force him to make mistakes and get off the field. And as far as the historical uh, standpoint, you know, being the first time we have two black starting quarterbacks, um, it's, it's very significant when you just look at the history of how for the, the NFL has been around for over 100 years. And we're really just starting within the past 25 years or so, the past quarter of the NFL's existence to where black quarterbacks are now getting more opportunities than ever uh, to uh, start and, ex- and not only start, but get the uh, opportunity to excel in this league. And, you know, going back uh, a quarter century, you've only had a handful of guys like uh, Randall Cunningham, Warren Moon, who's in the Hall of Fame, those guys. But as they're coming up in college, they're getting more opportunities in college to be also groomed uh, for the NFL. And they're playing more uh, pro style offenses where they can not only come into the NFL, but, you know, be trained enough to where uh, they can excel and get more opportunities. And also where the game is going today, where you have more mobile quarterbacks and you have to be, you know what they say for the everyday job, you have to be more flexible or, you know, the more you can do, the more you can do. So that's what we're seeing as far as that evolution as well. I also want to point out that um, Autumn Lockwood, who's the first black assistant coach for the Eagles, will also be on the sideline. And she is the first black woman coach in the Super Bowl. Um, Speaking of coaches, I want to shift gears. Sirianni, I love him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But also, this is a big game because Kansas City chief uh, uh, coach. I think we're familiar with him, right? Very, very. How crazy. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is the script for this Super Bowl is insane. Let's talk about the coaches. Yeah, you, you couldn't write any better. Um, Andy Reid, it's not a you know return, of course, because they're playing in Arizona. But who would have thought that the Eagles get to uh, play for another Lombardi trophy against our old pal Andy Reid? Uh, 
And, right. you know, Andy Reid, he's going to go to he's going to go to the Hall of Fame uh, eventually. Um, he's been a great coach. Um, I, I believe he's uh, won over 100 games with both franchises, which is significant. That'll probably get anybody in the Hall of Fame. He won a Super Bowl a few years ago, five straight years in the championship game. And now his third, uh, well, his fourth Super Bowl appearance, I believe. Uh, so, you know, that's very significant. But on the Eagles side, um, and I know John can piggyback on this. When Nick Sirianni first came around, uh, the press conference wasn't all that great. And Nick comes off as kind of goofy sometimes, which I think is kind of cool because <laughs> I, I laugh about it, you know, within the press yeah. conferences and everything. But when you uh, talk to the players and you're in the locker room and all uh, the, the the roster, these guys, they love, they respect them. And more, more so than anything else, they respect him as a football coach, as a football guy and a leader of men. Yeah, and it's pretty insane from last year to this year. Speaking of that, I mean, we were we were on the lines of like Nick Sirianni might be a Ted Lasso type of character uh, last year, and now he's like, hey, this guy's uh, pretty much a bleephole. Like, what's the deal? Why is he Why is he being so flashy in front of the camera? And it's just like such a shift from that. But um, one of the guys that I've always liked to compare him to is Dick Vermeule, and that's a lot of what I see now. It's just like a new age version of that. Dick Vermeule is this guy from California, UCLA, completely trying to turn around an Eagles organization that was in the dumps forever. And that's I think that's kind of more or less what he is. Um, and it's uh, honestly that's it's pretty scary too. Looking across and seeing like Nick Sirianni versus Andy Reid, and uh, uh, man. I think he's a better coach than Bill Belichick, and, and history will end up reflecting that. Um, a much better teacher, so much more innovative in terms of where the game went. And, you know, in speaking of how historical this is for two black quarterbacks to be there, Andy Reid embracing the black quarterback more than anybody Absolutely. that I think I've seen in the NFL. So I think he's pushed the game forward in so many different ways and has really put a sickle down to all those stupid buzzwords that NFL scouts have used over the years in terms of like, uh, this guy's not a pocket passer or whatever, and basically just saying, ah, that guy's black, that guy's white. You know, you hear those phrases all the time, and it really shortened people's viewpoints on what black quarterbacks could do, you know, for arbitrary reasons, which is really absurd. So um, because of that, uh, where the game is now from with both guys, I think they carry that spirit immensely. Like they they allow people to go be themselves. It's it's very much you know why both teams are very successful and why they are almost identical in success. I know we talked about quarterbacks, coaches. Uh, we talked about wide receivers a little bit too. Are there any other standout players? We're going to take it back to the Eagles uh, <laughs> bench. Are there any other standout players from the Eagles that you really want to focus in on this final game? For me, uh, Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick. Um, he's been a difference maker um, on defense. He gets the team. Not only does he sack the quarterback, he gets the team the ball. Um, almost half as many times as he sacks the quarterback. And um, you saw last week or two weeks ago against San Francisco how, I mean, they foolishly put a tight end on Sassan Reddick to try and block him, which was, um, you know, they, they, John talked about them crying about uh, losing the game and uh, the script and everything like that. But that was, for me, that was coaching malpractice. You know, we talked about how good Andy Reid is, how good Nick Sirianni is. And I know Andy is good at scheming. Um, and he loves offensive linemen. He loves, you know, that type of game as far as the trenches and everything. But he's going to have to do some 
extra work to try to uh, keep Hassan Reddick from Patrick Mahomes because we know he has wreaked havoc uh, all season long. And he's also uh, ticked off that he he's not a defensive player to year finalist as well. So <laughs> interesting. John, what about you? Well, and, and just to put a pin on that, uh, I'm not a betting person, but if I was, I might put a few shekels down on him winning Super Bowl MVP. Uh, defensive player hasn't won in a very long time, but uh, man, he has been a, an, an absolute nightmare this year, more so than I could have possibly imagined uh, with the uh, offseason signing. But uh, to me, this is it, it's still obvious from the day that it happened in April. This is about A.J. Brown. This is why they're in the Super Bowl and what they're going to do to a, a pretty young Kansas City Chiefs secondary. Um, between that and, and the obvious of Hurts, I think that those are the two that are going to have to go win this football game. So over this past week, we know that uh, both teams, players, coaches, they've been bombarded with media. There's so much hype about this game. Riri, Rihanna's going to be performing. It's going to be a concert. It's going to be mayhem. The tickets, I I looked at the tickets. Oh, my God. It was like the row all the way at the top. I was like, let me just see. Let me just see. Maybe I could, like, do. No, it was $3,000. I was like, damn, I should have saved. But can you, can y'all just, like, Tell us, you know, how much pressure do the players, do the coaches, are they facing um, these last couple of days? Man, I don't even know if there is a lot of pressure at this moment. They, I mean, I'm sure Nick Sirian is staying up late at night eating Rice Krispie treats and stuffed crust pizza hut or whatever he does <laughs> to kind of cope with all this. But uh, I, I, I uh, they seem as calm and cool as possible. Even I think I saw some players saying uh, they're playing Uno and Spades and. Honestly, I don't know how that okay. relaxes anybody because that Uno or Spades always starts a fight. But um, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you got to do to calm down is yeah. fine. But I, I, I don't know, OJ. That seems pretty. They seem pretty. Everybody seems pretty calm on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, they they seem very very loose, um, having fun, um, doing their best to have fun with the media because I know that's a chore uh, for both teams, uh, actually. And again, they have the experience. They have a handful of guys. They have a veteran presence in that locker room with Brandon Graham, with Jason Kelsey, uh, with Lane Johnson. So whatever nerves uh, the younger players have, even with Jalen Hurts, his first time being in this atmosphere. But again, he's played in big games, you know, the college championship games, the college football playoffs. Mm -hmm. They're almost as popular as the Super Bowl because it's a lot of media and it's only going to get larger, right, Um, when they expand the team. So, you know, he's not so much immune uh, to uh, the atmosphere and the moment being too big for him. Um, But, um, and again, Sirianni, he has an experienced coaching staff. The organization themselves just, you know, it's five years may seem like a long time and everything, but it's pretty much the same regime with the ownership, uh, Howie Roseman, the general manager and everything. These guys know what to do. They know how to navigate. They've been here before. So I I don't see that as a problem with the pressure. You know, family can always get in the way, of course, because everybody wants a ticket. You know, you're third cousin, first removed, you know, they're going to want a ticket and everything. Um, but, you know, they, they know how to handle it at the end of the day. All right, I want to talk about, uh, like, usually on Friday News Roundups, we talk about headlines and, you know, news stories uh, of the week. One news story that still I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to navigate this. All school district schools and offices <laughs> will be open for a two-hour delay on Monday, the day after the Super Bowl. What do y'all feel about that? I think it's the first time they've done that. 
Right. Well, I, I think it's a matter. Again, I'm a little superstitious about it. And, you know, no okay. talk about the parade, no leaks, no anything like that. Uh, yeah. I already have people ask me, well, when what day, what day you think the parade is going to be? Thursday. Yeah. So that's what I think, go. too. That's what I think, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. But, um, you know, if the Eagles do win um, Sunday night, everybody's all the parents are going to be wasted. Uh, yeah, maybe yeah, some of the sure. semi, some of the team, maybe some of the seniors in high school will be wasted. No one's going to want to go to class uh, at our at our city colleges, and also, uh, hey, yeah. wh- why not a two hour delay? <laughs> yeah. I just want to. Where's the? Can the employers get a cancellation as well for the two hour delay? Right, right. Everyone just like <laughs> no, let's absolutely. just have a day off. Yes, yes. <laughs> everyone day take, off. Take take the whole week off. By the way, exactly. Take at least to the free. Might yeah. as well. Everyone's right? everyone's off until Friday, and if you don't want to come in, then that's fine too. If the Eagles <laughs> are in the Super Bowl. Everyone should get the week off after, no matter what. To like, yeah, for joy, for depression, for whatever it is to cope. <laughs> and I got to give credit to uh, I think Kevin Kincaid brought this up. I can't. I honestly can't answer the question. Is there any reason why the Super Bowl should not be played on a Saturday? It's just, it's mm. just p- put it on Saturday. That would make more sense. A whole Sunday yeah. to recover, and then we can like eat the leftover Super Bowl food. Oh my gosh! Like they were good then. No more two-hour delays on Monday. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> sounds like <laughs> a plan. That's a good. Yep. Okay, so uh, before I let y'all go, where are you watching the game? What's on the menu? More superstitions? Give it to me. Well, I don't know if this is breaking OJ superstition or not, but. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be as close to Broad Street as possible, uh, watching the game. Yes, <laughs> yes. finally someone. <laughs> um, yes, let's go to Broad Street. Yes, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm just hanging out with uh, my good friend Vince Quinn, Taylor Credatus, Bell and the Birdmen podcast. We'll be live streaming in his apartment, hey, eating, nice. screaming, and um, I'm gonna go find OJ and uh, Trine in uh, somewhere around City Hall. And I'm going to dump yeah, champagne all over their head. I just need to touch my toe on, on Broad Street. Just let me touch my toe. <laughs> I might even, you know, try to find a hotel down downtown and everything and, and see. And, you know, might try to show my face, you know, afterwards. I'm, I'm just excited. I'm excited for the team. I'm excited for uh, the city to have the second time around. And I just want to, you know, be able to say like um, DJ Callen, just, you know, say another one. <laughs> CityCast Philly sports contributor John Barchard and sports writer OJ Spivey thank you so much for joining me on CityCast Philly thank you Trinae Trinae they're, they're bleeping winning go birds go Woo! birds yep we, they got it they got it we got this That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. Our producers are Abby Fritz, Lizzie Goldsmith, Natalie Rivera, and Mallory Falk. Our Hey Philly newsletter editor is Brittany Valentine with help from Natalia Aldana. And our host is me, Trine Nuri. Music is by Philly's own Interminable with additional music from all the kimonos. If you enjoyed this show, why not tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Have a great weekend and be safe. Go Birds!
can we add the Sixers in there too? Like, I mean, they weren't well, uh, trying ooh. to get us a championship yet, but I mean, it was we were doing pretty well, right? To, to be determined. 